The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about fathers, from John Goslin to our own. Uh, certainly this past weekend, being Father's Day, um, it's a time that people have thought about their fathers. Um, hopefully a lot of you have had wonderful Father's Days, um, or either this past weekend or ones that you can remember. Um, unfortunately, with a lot of divorces, there are many children whose Father's Days aren't quite as happy um, or whose fathers are not available to them, either because of divorce or because of death or because they're not emotionally available because they're workaholics or they are substance abusers or now with all of the job loss, uh, a lot of fathers have become depressed and are not emotionally there. So, so it's some, a lot, for a lot of people, Father's Day has become bittersweet. But um, the idea is to, what I'm hoping that, uh, that, that you'll understand or that you'll think about during this show is um, some of the things about your own father or if you are um, perhaps uh, married and, and you have a husband who is a father to your children or you're a single woman and you're thinking about what man might make the best father, or you're a guy and you're worried about what kind of father you're going to be or just wondering about what kind of father you're going to be and wanting to be a really good father. All of the kinds of permutations and combinations of thoughts about fathers that um, anyone could have we'll we'll be talking about today. And um, what better person to talk about it with than my guest, she is Kate Kelly, and she's the managing editor of American Baby. She's uh, been with American Baby for 10 years, has three kids of her own, and she is the author of a very cool article in the June edition of American Baby called What Type of Dad Will He Be? Welcome to the show, Kate. Hi. Hi. This is a really fun article, and I'm sure my listeners will be able to pick out uh, fathers that they have known <laughs> or fathers-to-be that they know uh, through your article. But before we get into that, I just want to talk a little bit because this is, you know, this is what uh, is on, um, <laughs> this is what's in the news today. Uh, the big announcement last night, John Goslin and uh, Kate Goslin from John and Kate Plus 8, the, that's an American TV show for my uh, listeners in other countries who don't get this show, who don't get John and Kate plus eight. Um, 
they made the big announcement last night that they are filing, that they filed actually for divorce and they are separating. And now this is, uh, this is a couple who have eight children, um, two, uh, twins and then, uh, six children, um, who were born all at the same time. And, um, they, they've been on the air apparently about two years and have never been as much in the news as in recent months because of John's alleged reported uh, transgressions, affairs, <laughs> sexual encounters with other women. And there have been all kinds of tabloid, tabloid headlines caught with other women inside John's prison and so on. And then, of course, Kate was rumored to be having or thinking of having an affair with her bodyguard. So all of these affairs um, and all of these problems in their marriage, uh, the problems at least, have been festering for a while, and the, 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 the affairs or the knowledge of the affairs are more recent, or we know about it more <laughs> recently anyway. Um, and the, what was really disturbing to me you know, I want—I mean, it's like Kate. It makes me wonder. You know, this is this is a very disturbing thing. I think for a lot of people. Quite frankly, I didn't even—I never watched this show until Octomom came along, and um, and then they were com- people. You know, the news was comparing her to John and Kate plus eight, and she wanted her own reality show. And so I started paying attention to what John and Kate plus eight was all about. But watching the show last night. Um, what was really disturbing was their uh, rationalizations for why it's better for the children to get for them to get divorced. And um, I don't know whether it's because they have eight children that it just seems even more egregious that they're abandoning, in a sense, um, their eight children or being so out of touch, at least, with their eight children, or whether it's because they're on television and we know about their lives more or what. But um, I think it's rather disturbing that this whole thing has been going on. And John, um, John talked about this and said that, um, he said, Kate and I have decided to separate. I was too passive uh, I just went along with everything. Now I finally stood up on my own two feet, and I'm proud of myself. And boy, you know, that just seems to be the antithesis of what a good father would say. Well, you know, I I, I don't know the context of what he said he had been too passive about. I mean, about I, his I, wife, I actually, who was always very critical of him during the show. That was sort of the right. uh, the problem, that she she presented herself as a martyr, a long-suffering martyr, mm-hmm. and she was very critical of him. And in the last show, for example, she uh, they, they were putting these crooked houses, uh, playhouses around, and he cleared a spot for them to in a forest, and she wanted them to be closer to the house. Mm-hmm. And so um, she, she, everything was sort of put-downs over the, over the time that they were on the air. And so his decision to stand up, you know, he wanted to show the world that he was really a man because he was sort of being criticized, people mm. thought of him as just um, being too passive, and um, and also his celebrity on the show, 
made him feel as though he could get some other woman now that he's a star. Oh, I see. Well, you know, it is the whole passive thing is is you know incredibly is it, it's kind of an incredibly common dynamic. I mean, having it play out on national TV, I'm sure, adds all kinds of stresses that aren't in most people's relationships. But like my my clueless wonder dad, um, you know. He, he, which I think is really true of a lot of dads in the early years when the baby, you know, the mom knows so many things that are just intuitive to her that the dad just doesn't know. Um, and, and a lot of time it just starts with because the mom is breastfeeding or whatever, so she becomes the expert early on. And then um, it's fairly easy for the guy to go along with it because, it, you know, it, she's kind of doing all the work and she knows everything in her head about this baby, when the next pediatrician appointment is, you know, what kind of jarred baby food he likes and doesn't like, that she becomes the expert and he just is sort of the helper. And whenever he whenever he does something on his own, it's often wrong. And, and then, you know, the mom criticizes it, so then he does less because nothing he ever does is right anyway, so why should I even bother? I mean, that's like an incredibly common you know, scenario that that a lot of people experience. And, you know, and I think to some extent the guy is fine with it because he's fine with her knowing everything and being the expert. That seems natural to him. And, you know, the mom on the one hand may complain that he never does anything, but but on the other hand, every time he does anything, it's the wrong thing. You you know, it's sort of you kind of can't have it both ways. And and I, I think a lot of times women are, new moms are really exhausted because they're, kind of taking everything on, and the guy may be a little bit hapless and would like to help more but really has no idea what it is he should be doing. And, um, you know, it just kind of plays out that way over for a while, you know. I think it evens out a lot when the kids get older and it's just much clearer what you should be doing and, you know, the kid can talk and is maybe more of a person to the dad. Yes. Um, But, you know, I just think with John and Kate, it's just the, the complexities of... You know, of having eight children and having all your cluelessness displayed for the world on TV, um, you know, just makes makes something fairly common, like, way more intense and, and complicated than it is for most people. Yes, I have a, a couple that I, I think your your category, the clueless wonder, makes me think of, where her complaint is um, that she doesn't just have one little girl, she has right. two children. Yeah. Yeah, so many times people feel like that because because um you know that like when you're when you're first married um or when you're going out with somebody, you know, it's 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 fairly common. It's I don't think it's that uncommon that you make plans with the female in the couple or you know or that she kind of organizes the social stuff and you know, she kind of knows when people's birthdays are and 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 that's like that seems fine, and but then once you throw a kid in there, all of a sudden it just seems like it's it just starts seeming really unequal, and and then and then the the guy might even feel a little bit resentful about how much time and how much of your attention is taken up with this kid that now he's not getting anymore, and, and then and then he almost starts seeming like a child that you have to manage. I mean, I, I think a lot of women feel that way. Yes, yes, and also feel um, it becomes. Sort of a lonely task to be taking care of the children. Yeah, well, like you know, it, it's it's um, 
especially when you have like a newborn or or the or the or the child is small and you know the baby wants you you know the baby always wants you to hold him the baby wants you to feed him the baby wants you cuz that's who he's used to and then it just feeds on itself the more the more the babies get used to you then the less it, the harder it is for dad to step in and the more it's just easier if i do it anyway and then the more resentful you get and you know um you know it's 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 really hard to get out of it sometimes and 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 you know an outside observer could see fairly easily oh well it's because you're doing too much and and you just have to let go and if the baby cries well let the baby cry eventually he'll um get used to it and and the dad will figure out um how to do things once it's once he's left on his own to do them but but when it's you it's it's really hard to just walk away and let things be done you know not the way you would do them yes absolutely well, um, we're going to hear more about the other the other four types. Um, yes, I was just counting. Make sure I, the other four types. When we come back, it does seem like John Goslin fits into the clueless wonder better than perhaps uh, some of these other types. When we come back, we'll talk more. We'll see uh, who it is who you know that uh, you can place in these different types of dads. We're talking today with my guest, Kate Kelly. She's the managing editor of American Baby Magazine. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST 
4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired right fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, We're talking today about dads in the light of uh, recent Father's Day, which has gotten us all to think about our dads. Um, We're talking about fathers from John Goslin to our own, and my guest is Kate Kelly. She's the managing editor of American Baby, and she has written an article that is in the current American Baby called What Type of Dad Will He Be? And before the break, we were talking about one of the types called the Clueless Wonder, which does seem to be the one that best describes John from John and Kate. But there's also the provider, the hipster, Mr. Type A, and the fretful one. So why don't we go through these, and you can all think about what kind of father is your, what kind of father, what type your father was, or what type other people in your life are. So why don't we start with the provider? Well, I I started with this one in the article because I felt it was the most um, traditional, and um, so this, um, although this is actually. Many, many people feel this way. Just the sudden weight of all the new responsibility and the almost primitive need to make sure, you know, that the, that all the needs will be met, you know, for food and for shelter. Um, and he works really hard, really late, worries about money constantly. Well, you know, of course, who doesn't these days? But he would be worrying about money even if we weren't in a recession. Um, and then, you know, but the, you know, there's upsides to everything and, the the upside here is that he's you know really on top of the college fund most likely and you know probably already has a will and has thought about life insurance but um women who are married to these types kind of wish that the dad was around more for fun you know and that he, you know he'll be like oh did you really need to get that new stroller how much did it cost and you know she might be thinking well if you took the baby on more walks, then you would know that the stroller's really heavy and I, you know, I really needed a new one. Um, and then, you know, but kids grow up with a model, you know, with somebody who really took care of them and a model of responsibility. So um, there's certainly no harm in that. Now, I actually, before we should, before we continue, I should ask you about how you came up with these five categories. Um, well, most of it was um, just you know, going to, like, my kids are older. Like, my youngest one is seven, and my oldest is um, 12. So what I just I just had a few social events in a row where there would be a, a family with a, with a newborn or, or a toddler or a three-year-old, and, um, and, and I would see how the dad interacted. And 
and I was just, I guess because my kids are older, I just saw it through a different lens Mm -hmm. than I might have at another time, and I was just, like, really aware of either how they were different from my husband or how they were just had, you know, like, I was at, I was at a party and, um, and the baby was so cute. She was like about two weeks old. Just, just, oh, I just wanted another baby so bad when I saw this tiny little thing. And the dad was just so nervous. So that's where I came up with the fretful one where he, he, you know, the, the mom was so laid back and so natural. And, you know, he was just like every minute, you know, the baby was sleeping and he was convinced she was cold. And, honey, honey, shouldn't you go get a sweater? And she's just kind of rolling her eyes and like, John, she's sleeping, she's fine. No, I think she's driving. I think we should move the carrier, you know, and just, but moreover, he wasn't really doing anything himself. You know, he was just telling her everything, every neurotic thing that he was feeling. And, um, you know, and she's like, I'm not going to wake up the baby to put on a sweater. Uh, But, you know, it it was really cute. You know, he was so concerned. He wasn't, like, checked out at all. Um, And, you know, he she said at night he would be, like, convinced, like, let's, tiptoe in, and is, I don't think the baby's alive, it's so quiet here, you know, he's just <laughs> always nervous, which I guess is, you know, just his way of showing that he cares, um, and, you know, my guess is that after a while, he'll he'll lighten up a little bit, but, um, you know, that that just struck me, and then, and then I was at another... Um, you, you know, it's interesting, because... Um, trying to figure out the psychological reasons for right. that, you know, for each of these things. Um, it's You just wonder whether he was reflecting his own, unconsciously reflecting his own uh, feelings that maybe when he was a baby or a little boy that his mother, his parents didn't take enough, didn't take good enough care of him, you yeah, know, when he wanted to. What you bring to it. Um yeah, and you know, certainly I've I've know people, and I'm you know, and perhaps I'm like this myself, where you you um, things you didn't get as a child, you want to make sure your child gets right, and uh, and so because you, you know the pain of not getting it. Yes, exactly. Um, and then the um, the type A one was um, that I was at a Halloween party and. Um, and I saw this one dad in action. He was, again, he was very, you know, he wasn't letting, he was very on top of his kids, kind of more confident and proactive than the fretful dad. Um, but just like, you know, they had a pinata and, um, you know, the kid like grabbed all this candy and then the dad, you know, proceeded to take like almost all of it away. <sighs> like, who needs all that sugar? And, um, you know, just very, um, very on top of, like, safety, like the kid was sitting on a stool and he just felt like he could. So, but not like the fretful dad because he, he wasn't really all that nervous. He was just very action-oriented and, you know, and um, was like, okay, we got to go now. It's, you know, we're on a sugar high and it's, like, almost bedtime and, you know, and, you know, the party was going to go on for hours and I could tell the wife didn't want to leave at all. Um, but, you know, he was just, like, very you know, just very on top of, like, how much sugar he'd had and when bedtime was. And, you know, like, it was funny because when I was um, doing the the pros and the cons of this, like, some of my friends thought that's a real pro. Like, I would love to be married mm. to somebody like that so that I didn't have to mm. do everything. And other people were like, you know, 
why is he so on it? Like, that's weird, you know, and we were all having fun. Like, why does he have to be such a drag? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of how you perceive um, that just sort of depends on what your own situation is and, and how exhausted you happen to feel and, you know, how much you feel you have to be the bad guy, uh, you know, because so many dads wouldn't even know when bedtime was or, or wouldn't be on top of, like, grabbing all the candy from the pinata and, and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, like, down the line, you know, probably, you know, he's going to make sure the homework's done and, and all of that. It's just if you're if you're the more laid-back type, it, you know, you might wish for somebody who's a little more lax. But oftentimes it's nice if there's a combination. I do, I do notice sometimes that people like that are married to each other, and then you kind of feel bad for the kid, like, because there's nobody who's really fun and laid back. But, oh, you, know, you mean two kids, type A's, yes, yeah, being married kids, to each um, other. You know, growing up with a lot of structure and rules uh, is, can be really beneficial. <laughs> yes, I know, but that's one of my <laughs> pet peeves, too. Sometimes it could be a mother or a father, for that matter. Yeah. Um, I think that they have to, everything has to be so structured, and really, I mean, it's, certainly the opposite of that is not good either, right. you know, being too lax, but on the other hand, uh, that, what, that, um, oh, obsessiveness or that um, controlling or that, Anxiety, really, you know, it's being controlling to bind your anxiety, uh-huh. um, really gets communicated to the child, and it really doesn't matter. This is right. one of the things I have yeah, such a hard time convincing or, new mothers know. of. It doesn't really matter if the child, you know, goes to bed at 3 o'clock, takes a nap at 3 o'clock one day and 6 o'clock the next day, you know, yeah. or 5 o'clock, or, or doesn't take a nap at all. It's not going to kill them. Yeah. I know, that's the thing, like, these types don't tend to want to make exceptions. It's like, no, 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 you know what he's like when he gets off his routine, and um, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really more about, you know what I'm like if I get off yeah. my routine. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, you know, so, sometimes you you wish that it was more of a, a go-with-the-flow kind of thing, and sometimes people are just take a little put off. By, uh, you know, I guess people are just more used to the mother taking charge. So, um, but, you know, that's maybe a wave of the future, too. Of more fathers taking yeah. charge. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe as there are perhaps more, um, uh, what is it, house daddies or what? what's the Stay word? Stay-at-home dads or house husbands. House, or, yeah, yeah. Um, Stay-at-home dads, well, especially now with the recession shaking yes. everything up. Um, I guess maybe there are more non-traditional kinds of arrangements than before. I would think so. Well, yeah. and, and how did you, um, we were talking before about the clueless wonder. How did you find the model of that? Well, I, I personally think, and the, the name might be too, um, you know, may, may, may make it sound too negative, but um, my, I personally feel that that's, the vast majority of dads fall into this one. Like certainly, my husband, you know, is a is a prime, uh, you know, candidate. But I, you know, most I, I think a lot of men are, you know, just so um, just so happy to go along with the flow and and not really be the one who makes decisions or who knows the key. The, the women are like the moms. Just so often are the keeper of all the mental lists in their heads. Yeah, and if you don't have the mental list, it's just really hard to be not 
the helper. And to, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I, um, I was just talking to this friend of mine who, and our kids are older, so it's not quite the same, but it's not all that different. And, um, she was working and he was home, you know, the recession and stuff. He lost his job. And, um, it was kind of a complicated day. The kids had to go from lacrosse to soccer, and then the soccer was rained out, but then it was rescheduled to this field. But if the field was too wet, then we're going inside, and the kids need to bring their turfs, you know, those are indoor soccer shoes. Okay, so there's, like, a lot going on. And um, she's trying to call him and tell him all this, you know. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, I only can keep track of six things at one time. <laughs> so I want you to call me every 45 minutes and just tell me what I need to know to get through the next 45 minutes. <laughs> and I just think it's really true men i don't know I, I think apparently they multitask at work and i and i hate to sound sexist but but um but but but, but for some reason they just can't keep too many details in their heads at once yes when I, it comes to child rearing and and that's fine but um but unfortunately it's like it's all about the details you know there's just a million <laughs> details to keep in your head and yes. um so it's it, it's just it just often falls on the mom to, and if if you're the one that knows everything, it's just really hard to. Yes. It's really hard to be the other person and be an equal partner. Yes, and so because you're starting from scratch, pretty yeah. much in so and, many of uh, these areas, it's not just do this today, but it's kind of like oh, he does this then, and yes, yeah. Well, we need to what take our editors <laughs> were saying. <laughs> we how, need to do um, this then now. We were talking about how it does even out as kids get older. And especially when sports well, and activities hey, come into wait, play. Wait, wait, I need to interrupt you because like the music is that. playing. Maybe you can't hear, but we do need to take a break. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know. There's so much to talk about, and you're great. My guest is Kate Kelly, the managing editor of American Baby. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll be right back. My name is Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about fathers from John Gosselin to our own with my guest, Kate Kelly. She's the managing editor of American Baby and also writes articles for them from time to time, including the current one called, What Type of Dad Will He Be? Chances are the dad to be in your life falls into one of these five categories. So take a break from obsessing about child care and strollers to find the dad style that best describes your guy. And, of course, also I hope as we're going through these different types, you're thinking about your own father as well and figuring out which type he uh, fits under. We've talked about the provider. We're going to talk about the hipster, Mr. Type A, the fretful one, and clueless wonder. So we talked a little about the provider and what um, – where did you draw that uh, that the description of that? Well, character? I, I don't have an anecdote about that one. You know that I was at that I knew someone or had a particularly you know funny moment or anything. But um, I just felt like that's kind of that's your traditional dad. That's what you know. That's what people often think of. And um, I, I think, although especially with the recession, where I think people are. Um, Questioning, you know, what, you know, what's important in life. And I do think people are investing more in their family and, and, you know, trying to spend more time with their family because as things kind of fall apart around you, you, you realize where you need to put your energy in. But, but on the other hand, the stresses of work and keeping your job pulls you in the other direction. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I just, I feel like we're getting away from the provider, but, uh, certainly everybody knows one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have uh, made me think of this couple that I have in therapy where it fits exactly this description that you have, particularly, you know, the con. I mean, I think there are a lot of pros, particularly in this recession. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to have, it would be uh, comforting in a sense to have a dad who's the provider, you know, and is really uh, concerned about about protecting his family. Yeah. But the the cons that you talk about where... Um, the woman wishes that he would spend more time in fun mode, and he's always saying, "Just give me five more minutes." And um, that exact—that's exactly the situation with this couple that I have in treatment, where um, she, she actually she was a bit overly demanding in this regard, but she she wanted her husband, who was in a very high-powered job to commit once they had a baby. It wasn't really this way before, but once they had a baby, (laughs) she wanted him to commit to being home at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock at the latest. 
Uh-huh. And he really didn't have the kind of job where he could do that. I mean, you know, because there were plenty of, there was a lot of competition and there are plenty of people who do have families, um, but who stay till the, they, the job is done or, you know, certainly more than five or six o'clock, they're still at work. Yeah. And that would be a source of, of a lot of arguments. And then he would, um, his cell phone was tethered to him. Yeah. And he would always interrupt family time um in order to uh to to take a call no matter who it was. And you know, but he was really concerned about their financial security and yeah. so on, so there were pros too. Yeah. And it's it's um you know, when you go now to like the school, you know, once the kids start elementary school that there really is the expectation that fathers are going to be there at the at the teacher conferences and at the little writing celebrations. You know, it's very, you know, at least half the class has both parents there, like not just the mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more and more as people are out of work, it's the dad going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I went on a class trip the other day and like half of the chaperones were dads. So mm-hmm. I, think it is, I think it's a lot of pressure on people who have big jobs and and maybe a stay-at-home wife that they also, uh, you know, are are kind of just expected to participate a lot. I mean, it's a good thing. They should be. They'll be sorry later if they don't. But mm-hmm. um, but it is a lot of pressure, you know, to feel like you have to support a certain lifestyle and provide this financial security, but you also have to be, you know, be able to show up at 9.30 for the writing celebration on mm-hmm. a Tuesday, you know, yes. when normally you get to work at 7.30 in the morning or whatever. Yes. Um, you know, course, it is, it, everything is, I think everything is changing and, um, and people just have higher expectations of what dad's gonna do. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, of course, in an ideal world, it's better for the child to have both parents as involved with him or her as possible, but yeah, there are some, it is, it is difficult. Yeah. Let's, um, tell us about the hipster and where that came from. Oh, that one, um, it came from two actually different friends, and I just remember my husband, like, his eyes would just glaze over if I asked him what stroller did I think we should get or, you know, what what color would be nice for the nursery. It was just like he just couldn't have been less interested <laughs> in, in having any of these discussions. Well, whatever you say, oh, I don't care. And then, and then you know, he would, he would get annoyed that um, he was supposed to have an opinion, but if it was the wrong opinion, it didn't count, you know, um, so I was just struck by how um, some dads, some especially you know when the wife was pregnant and they're choosing all the stuff, some really stuck out. It's like really being invested and like they could really picture themselves pushing the stroller and re- want something cool. Um, they wanted to be seen in something that they wouldn't be embarrassed by. And you know they tended to be dressed more stylishly. You know they tended to have a certain aesthetic. And um, you know and then I did. When I was doing it, you know, coming up with my types, I had actually more types than what's here. And I asked friends, you know, I kind of pared them down as I just asked people, well, do you know this dad? What do you think? And, you know, a lot of people um, could weigh in on this one. And, you know, I had one friend, you know, who when we were talking about the early warning signs, you know, she was, you know, she was definitely like had a whole bunch of things about like oh well when you register you know when you register did he have an opinion then like did he did he really care what plates you got because like my husband could have cared less what mm-hmm. plates we got that was like the most he was like can we can we uh, can we register for at Tower Music or something do we have to go to do we have to pick out plates uh-huh. but um, 
but yeah, so it was just kind of seeing how how men um, really liked the a lot of times really liked these like really high end, very fashiony baby gear because they knew they were going to be pushing it and and, mm-hmm. and be seen in it, and so they wanted something that they would really you know feel cool with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think also you know with celebrities now. Um, and you know celebrity dads like that also they always have like really cool stuff and so that also is kind of trickled yes. down into the sort of hip aesthetic yes yes that we're more conscious in general yes. about what the cool people are are uh having for their babies yes. yeah yeah um well let me uh, i wanted to uh read this this little article that i came across this month, now that graduation, June is graduation time, um, that talks about a dad who disappointed his daughter, and this is the former first brother, Roger Clinton, Mm. and he was sort of the black sheep of the family anyway, but um, I actually didn't know this part about him, probably not many people did until this article came out. Um, but I'll, uh, it says, first, former first brother Roger Clinton um, left his 18-year-old daughter in tears, breaking a promise to attend her high school graduation. I was looking around for him right until the moment I went up to collect my diploma, a heartbroken Macy Clinton told the magazine. It meant the world to me when my dad said he'd be there to see me graduate. DNA tests proved that President Bill Clinton's black sheep brother was Macy's father as a result of a brief 1990 romance with her mother, 43-year-old Martha Spivey. Even after years of watching her mom battle deadbeat Roger for child support. Could you imagine that? You're telling your friends, I can't get the president's brother (laughs) to, to pay child support. I mean, somehow, I don't know, somehow I think the Clintons should have... Lent him money for that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, um, so so Macy um, watched her mother battle deadbeat Roger for child support, but she never gave up hope of establishing a closer relationship. I called Dad before Christmas and left him a message that I was due to graduate in May, and I hoped he would be there, she said. For the first time ever, he got right back to me. We talked twice on the phone. He asked how my grades were and asked if I could sing like he used to with his rock band. I'd love to hear you sing, he said. I told him, come to my graduation and I'll sing for you all day long. He told me he'd just started a new job and would have to give a couple of months' notice to get time off. I laughed and said, I'm giving you five months' notice, Dad. Before he hung up, he promised me he'd do his very best to be there and said he'd call me if he couldn't. Well, whenever somebody says they would do their very best, that always is kind of suspect because this should have been his top priority. Macy last saw her 52-year-old father when she was 8. She's 18 now. and she. (laughs) But she wrote to him regularly and provided all the details of her May 22nd graduation from Jackson County High School in Gainesboro, Tennessee. I didn't hear from him, but I wasn't worried because he'd promised faithfully to let me know if he wasn't coming, said Macy. Mm -hmm. I was heartbroken. My hopes had been so high. All I could tell my friends was, I guess he just had something else to do. Now, I'm sure a lot of you who are listening can relate to this story and just feel the pain that that, that Macy felt because... um, you know, being maybe your father showed up at your graduation, but there were probably other times when fathers and mothers 
um, have been disappointing. But this, there's a, an epidemic now um, of fathers being being unavailable emotionally and physically because of of the increased number of divorces. And this is one of my one of my things that I'm so concerned about because I see the results all the time. And, and this is just one example. We'll talk more about this. And fathers in general with my guest, Kate Kelly, the managing editor of American Baby, when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Son, we got to talk about drinking. Uh, I know. I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you about fathers now that we've all been thinking about fathers right after Father's Day. We're talking about fathers from John Goslin to Roger Clinton to the different types of fathers that um, have been categorized by my guest, Kate Kelly, the managing editor of American Baby. And um, I just wanted to, before I ask you the next question, I just wanted to get your reaction to the story about Roger Clinton. Oh, it just seems so sad. And, you know, clearly the, uh, what was her name again? Macy. Macy, yeah. Has just been longing. I guess there was no father figure who, who filled in um, for her. It seems a little, to me, unrealistic, you know, that she hadn't seen him in 10 years and that it was that important that he come. Um, well, but she, but she'd been writing to him all the yeah. time. But you know that that kind of does speak to um, the bond. That, that yes, yeah. even though she hadn't seen him in ten years, yeah, but she still um, really wanted him there. Exactly the the bond. You know that we all long to have mothers and fathers in our life. I know, and it, it is true. How I mean, anyone could relate to this. How um, you just. You know, even like when you're 80, you're still yeah. thinking about your parents and what you did get and what you didn't yeah. get and, you know, what went wrong and what went right. And you never kind of, you you just never go, you never get past that. Yes, you yes, know, that, exactly. That, those relationships are just, you know, with you forever. Yes. So, so um, important, even though, you know, people want to think that, oh, I got over that. Or like yes. Dr. Phil says, get over it. <laughs> but you're right. We, even to our dying day, right. we, we still, you know, um, are licking our wounds and, and, I know. and, for the, I know. and also I feel like with cherishing the I, positive memories. You know, we're always on the phone. Like, do you remember when that happened, you know, when we were like eight and, you know, on and on. And I was just like, you know, we're going to be 80 years old. Yes. You know, revisiting territory of stuff that happened, you know, 60 years ago. Yes, absolutely. And still trying to figure it out and yes. interpret it and, you know, move yes. on. Well, um, talking about that, I was going to ask you, as the managing editor of American Baby and having been with American Baby for 10 years, you've seen, you've seen developing trends. And how does um, the magazine try to be responsive to evolving families? Like what, what has been some of the trends and where do you see it going? Um, well, you know, part of this isn't really specific to fathers, although we did add a dad's panel in uh, response to dads saying that they felt we didn't include them enough in the mm. magazine. Um, you know, so we, you know, we have reader panels where if we want advice from a reader, we can shoot out a question and, you know, and, and you know, hundreds of people get the email and can, mm. can email us back with their opinion on something. And then um, we added one that was just all dads and invited them to send their emails so we could, so they could be called upon. And, we, you know, we got a pretty good response to that. And we, we do get complaints from dads that they're not well represented in the magazine. You know, frankly, most of our readers are women. But we, you know, just from the feedback we get, we have to assume that men are reading it too and that they want to be their voice. You know, they don't want everything addressed to just the mom. Mm, so, you know, that's, that's you know, evolving. And, um, but then just in general, I think people are families, um, are very interested in hearing what works for other 
people as opposed to hearing only from experts. Like, I think we used to be more, we used to present the expert view and um, more often, and now it's much more tempered with um, people want to, are most, seem most interested in hearing about what worked and hearing that advice from other moms or, or dads. Um, and why do you think that is? Um, I think part of it is, um, I think the ability, I, I think in a way less reverence for doctors mm. and the sense that they know everything um, and people just feeling like they, you know, maybe part of it is the Internet and you can just get so much information on the Internet that um, that there's less of a sense that you can only, you can only, find out things from doctors because you could just go on a website and find out the same, you know, not the same thing. But um, I, I just think people um, want, want they, they want things. They think they can trust, that they feel they can trust um, another parent's. I think what it is is, is, is it, they may, they, they do trust what a doctor says and when it comes to health information, they seem to most want to hear it from a doctor. But they want the advice that they're going to get for their problem to come from somebody they feel like has understands where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So they want to hear about like co, you know, um, uh, you know whether or not they really need to get the baby out of their bed at night. They they don't want to hear from somebody who's never had that problem. They want to feel like they're hearing from somebody who has has been there and can sympathize and, you know, they'll just respect the, they'll trust the information more if they feel like, I didn't do anything about this and now I'm really sorry, or yes, all the experts say it's terrible, but actually it worked out fine, so don't worry about it. <laughs> they They just want to feel like the person who gave them the information completely understands Everything like is so personal. Like everybody wants to feel like they're getting um, the, the, the point of view of the information that's being given. They can really relate to their personal situation. Um, you know more so than you know. I guess I guess people sometimes feel like their pediatrician. You know had children 20 years ago and just doesn't remember what it's like to be completely exhausted all the time, and and the advice just doesn't feel real mm. to them. Mm. And I'm not saying that's how they always feel, but they might feel like that if, if it was in an article and, um, and, and, and there's a doctor quoted. They, you know, they like to hear from other parents. Uh-huh. That's of course, like it, I guess thing. there has to be a happy medium because, because then you also do want to know what, what's the medically or psychologically yes. accurate kinds of things too. But it, I guess it's kind of like pe- wanting to peep into other people's bedrooms or, yeah. or nurseries, you know. Yeah. Like you can get the information that a doctor would say, but kind of wanting to know what's going on in your neighbor's nursery. Yeah, that's part of it for sure, you know. And people are very interested in what other people are doing and how they overcame this problem or that problem. And, you know, they always... Um, they always appreciate if you seemed um, sympathetic or reassuring about what they're going through, even if they might not be handling it in the right, in the way that, you know, yes. is the ideal way. Yes, I guess that's part of it, too, expecting sort of more compassion. <laughs> yeah, people really, I mean, this obviously is not surprising, but they really do not like to feel judged. I yes. mean, we, got this, we just did this article on bottle feeding, and... Um, the, anyway, we're running out of time, but the, the bottle feeders were so happy that 
we weren't just saying you have to breastfeed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. Well, our time went so quickly. <laughs> I really enjoyed chatting with oh, you. Oh, thank you. And so thank you very much. Sure. Again, my guest has been Kate Kelly. She's the managing editor of American Baby. If you're a mother or a father, <laughs> um, do pick up a copy and uh, and check it out because because it's it's responsive to to all parents. Um, that's such an interesting. It's so it's such an interesting trend or such an interesting change over the ten years, and it's a good change that more fathers are interested in reading about this too, about about babies too, and being good fathers. Uh, I guess Roger Clinton never read this, or John Gosselin. <laughs> but anyway, we've been talking about fathers, and hope that it got you to think about your fathers and fathers that you know in deeper ways. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.